Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com book. Thousands of you have read and dove into The Gift of Self-Love. The reviews are just incredible. So many five-star reviews, and I'm so forever grateful that it has touched your lives in such a big way. After publishing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I noticed that many of you asked me for a tool that would help you build a daily practice of self-love into your life, which is why I decided to create a new self-love journal, 100 Days of Self-Love. It's got 100 journaling prompts that cover all areas of life, body, identity, purpose, relationships, emotions, and more. So you can think of this as a metaphorical multivitamin for self-love. You can get the journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com journal. These two books, The Gift of Self-Love, The Workbook, and 100 Days of Self-Love, the journal, are complementary to one another, so the content does not overlap. It just depends on what you want or need at this point in your life. It's my mission to share all the self-love tools with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can help you do just that. They say that we are the generation that is breaking generational patterns of toxicity, abuse, and just family drama. Given that this is the holiday season, I wanted to talk about how to deal with difficult family members. Chances are you might be on your way to a family gathering, whether it's Thanksgiving or a holiday party or you're just hanging out. And if you're anything like me, Family can be stressful. Like, I love them to death, but they can be really, really challenging. And (laughs) there's this joke that I saw that is just so applicable. When you come back into your parents' home or the place where you grew up in, everybody kind of just like retreats back into their original roles. Like if you were the rebellious teenager and now you're 35 years old coming over for Thanksgiving, chances are you're going to start feeling like that rebellious teenager again when you're under your parents' roof. And if your younger sibling is the funny one who's always cracking a joke to make things light, or if maybe you are that sibling, then maybe you come back into your family's house and you start acting that way again. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that is just very natural, but it's telling of how we grow up in a certain way. And when we get out of the house, when we move out, we find partners, we settle down, we have our friend group, we have our lives set in a certain way. And you're thinking, okay, I feel good. I'm doing great. And then you go back to your family's house and you're like, whoa, (laughs) 
(laughs) This has me some sort of fucked up and it's like things just start coming back up. They say, if you want to know whether you are healed, go spend a day with your family (laughs) and that will tell you everything that you need to know. And this is all fun and games until your family is actually engaging in abusive behaviors or patterns, which is why we're going to talk about setting boundaries today because I firmly believe that how you do small things is how you do all things. And if you allow for certain infringements on your personal space, on your emotional well-being, then people are going to stomp all over that. And I think there's too many of you listening that have been really nice for a really long time where you were maybe afraid to ruffle feathers, you never wanted to say anything, you don't really know how to stick up for yourself in a way that doesn't make things awkward or uncomfortable. And because of that, people might be taking advantage of you or saying the same shit that you told them doesn't feel good to hear. Again, People kind of retreat back into their old roles. They put on this facade. We start acting a certain way around our family members, and it can be really chaotic. So hopefully this episode will help you deal with difficult family members and, most importantly, set boundaries. Now, one thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is like a very personal thing, so I apologize in advance if you don't fully agree or if you've had an experience totally different. This is just my unprofessional opinion. A lot of the talk I see about boundaries, and I've talked to my therapist about this extensively, a lot of the stuff I see around like mental health in general, but specifically when it comes to like relational stuff, people talk about setting boundaries in this very self-righteous kind of way, like, oh, they said this one thing I don't like, so now I've cut them off. And I think that that's just like very extreme, very unnecessary. And as somebody whose whole family is immigrants and we have a certain culture and certain expectations that come with that. And I also have so much like respect and love for that culture. I feel like the way I approach boundaries personally is with like a little more cultural competency. I don't know if that makes much sense, but I think that what's missing in the boundaries conversation that I currently see happening on the internet is just like a little bit of regard for older generations and what they went through and what they're coming from and what resources they lacked and the shit they had to fight for to make them the person that they are today just to survive. And like, of course, they're going to be projecting that onto us. It doesn't mean that they're bad people or they don't love us or they're saying this shit just to get on our nerves or piss us off. It just means that they really firmly believe that that is the way things are and this is the best way to be and the only way they know how to cope. So for me personally, like as much as it hurts when my grandma makes comments on my body or the first thing she says when she sees me is, oh my God, you gained weight or oh my God, you lost weight. Like I know that that's coming from just this culture and generation where women were only valued for their appearance and that is her go-to conversation starter and she's not saying that because she wants me to feel shame around my weight or my body. Like what she means is, I haven't seen you in so long. You've changed so much. It's good to see that you're doing well. And I think that's really what's on 
her heart. And I firmly believe that as somebody who's gotten to know my older family members as an adult, which is a whole different experience. Like, why don't we talk about getting to know your parents, your grandparents, and family in general as an adult? Because for me, being in my early to mid-20s, the biggest mindfuck is like really coming to terms with the fact that my parents are like people and they were people before they were my parents. And that makes them a lot more complex than I originally thought as a kid. Again, I'm just like saying this as like maybe a different perspective or perhaps you have like a very similar viewpoint where you're like, I love this whole boundaries thing that I see on the internet, but like my mom would fucking hit me with a slipper if I said that shit to her. And I feel you like certain ways of being in certain families and cultures. I'm not saying that they're healthy. I'm not justifying them. It's just that perhaps this could be an explanation, not an excuse, but just an explanation. And maybe a little bit more conscientiousness is needed when we approach those kinds of family members. So the point is, we are setting boundaries, not in a I'm better than everyone and I know what's right. And if you don't understand me right away, I'm going to cut you out of my life. We're not doing that. We're going to be just a little bit more introspective and take responsibility for how we feel before we try to force other people into changing decades and lifetimes worth of conditioning. So now I want you to think of a family member or a particular situation that you're dealing with in your family. Maybe you're like dreading seeing them this holiday season for a certain reason. Perhaps it's your mom making comments about your weight or grandmas. Those can be interesting or certain aunts or sisters or family friends that just make backhanded remarks about your lifestyle. Things like asking about your marriage or partnership or why you do or do not have kids or how they do or do not behave, like that kind of invasive stuff that can often feel unpleasant. And before we talk about like how to effectively set boundaries, I want you to ask yourself these five questions, okay? I know five feels like a lot of questions to ask yourself, but since you're thinking about it here with me, just look inward and see what comes up for you. First question is, is this worth bringing up? Meaning, is this an emotional boundary you get to set with yourself? Which is what we talked about earlier, like that responsibility of like, okay, I don't particularly like what this person says, but maybe there's something that I can shift within myself to protect my peace a little bit more. And maybe I don't necessarily have to say that much or have to do or take any drastic measures, perhaps this is something that I can just like internally accept. And I know that sounds like a really weird place to start. And again, I hope that you're not misinterpreting my message. I'm not saying that inappropriate behavior shouldn't be addressed. And if somebody has really crossed the line and impacted your emotional well-being, then fuck yes, we are bringing that up. That's what the rest of this podcast episode is going to be about. But I do believe that sometimes the hardest boundaries to set are with ourselves. The decision to deal with our own emotional wounds and stop allowing other people's comments or opinions to affect us. 
Remember that nobody can make you feel a certain way unless you give them the permission to make you feel that way. And usually it's because there's a pre-existing wound there. If five years ago I were to go see my grandma and she commented on my weight, oh my God, that would tear me apart. But like I explained to you at the beginning of this podcast episode, I went to go see her earlier this year and she was like, wow, you gained weight. And I knew what she meant. I knew where it was coming from. I was no longer so shook up about it because my weight is no longer a concern for me. Saying or hearing, wow, you gained weight, that no longer feels like such a big insult to me. And because I was able to make that peace with myself and my body, now I don't even feel the need to bring this up to grandma because I just don't care. And it is more peaceful for me to just continue not caring and smile and hug her and be like, yeah, thanks for pointing that out or whatever response I want to come up with for that that is more filled with just like love and compassion and understanding instead of like living my whole life fighting against this 75-year-old person that has been doing this all the time in the past 75 years of her life. Do you know what I mean? So that's question number one. Is it worth bringing up or is this something that I can make peace with internally? Let me just take a dramatic sip of tea. Okay, question number two, super simple. How important is this person to you? If they're not that important, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, Maybe it's easier to just like not engage with them. Maybe it doesn't need to be a full-blown conversation. Maybe it could just be a little bit of distance between you guys. Sometimes that's a boundary in and of itself. Like, I'm just not going to respond to texts. Like a personal example of this, and please don't tell anybody as I say this to the public, but my mom's friends tend to Facebook forward me all kinds of weird stuff. And it was just driving me absolutely bananas. Like I would complain to my mom. I'd be like, your friends are so weird. Why are they sending me this stuff? Sometimes it would be like this chain spam mail. Other times it would be like messages on WhatsApp. Like they would see that I was on there and then they would send me these like fake news articles or like just random weird stuff. And I realized that like, I'm sorry, but I don't care enough about them to make a thing out of it. I'm just like not going to respond. I'm just going to block. I'm just going to ignore. I'm just going to not open their threads. And that's that. That's my personal boundary. And I didn't even have to like make anything big out of it. You know, (laughs) we have this saying in Russian. I almost just said it to you, but then I realized you probably don't speak Russian. But it's like this saying, it's called which literally translates to why do you make flies out of meatloaf? I'm sorry, this is going absolutely nowhere. But what it means is why make something big out of what can be just meatloaf? Like you don't have to bring the flies on it. Anyway, (laughs) I totally butchered that. But you get what I'm saying. This episode is sponsored by Cozy Earth, because what better way to show yourself love than to upgrade your bedding and loungewear? If you're anything like me and go from hot to cold very quickly in your sleep, especially during that time of month, then you need their bedding because not only is it the softest thing I've ever slept on, but it's also temperature regulating and moisture wicking. 
Boyfriend and I have their sheet set, which looks and feels super luxe. We got it in the oat color and it goes very well with our bedroom aesthetic, if I do say so myself. All of their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo, making them so soft it's like sleeping on a cloud. There's a reason why Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things four years in a row, and today they have kindly provided an exclusive offer for myself lovers, 35% off when you use the code MARY35 at checkout. Go to CozyEarth.com, treat yourself to the softest bedding and loungewear ever, and use code MARY35 at checkout. Question number three is kind of similar to question number two, but it's a little bit different. How important is this topic to you? If it's important to you, you got to speak up no matter what. Like I will always say something if somebody says something racist or sexist. Those are just like my boundaries because those two things are so freaking important to me. If the topic at hand is not that important to you, then maybe it's not worth the fight. Now, sometimes the hardest social justice, especially with very intricate topics like this, sometimes the hardest people to stick up to and try to educate is our family members. Like, I'm the kind of person that will shout to the internet about all these things that I believe that are social justice related, but when it comes to my family, I just feel so tense and suppressed. And I just realized that there are very smooth and non-confrontational ways to say, this is not okay with me. Don't say that again. This is not right. And I think you know that it's not right. I recently found a TikToker. Their name is Cami. Hold on. Gotta find them because I need you to go follow them and memorize all of their stuff. I'm saying they because I'm not sure their pronouns. Cami Orange. Cami underscore orange on TikTok. Oh my goodness. What a light. What a blessing to this earth. I found them on TikTok. To be honest, I pitched for them to be on this podcast episode, but I think it was like a little short notice. So I'm doing this myself, but I really, really want to do a big shout out to Cami Orange. They collect boundary phrases. It's just so helpful to see scripts and to see them use them like an action and explain exactly when and where you can say that. And it's like the simplest things like, okay, this one really stuck with me and I will be using it at Thanksgiving dinner this season. The phrase goes, wow, what a weird thing to say out loud. Do you see how that's just like, it cuts the conversation short, it changes the topic, it shifts the energy onto them and the weird thing that they said, and you are communicating that this is not okay with me, I do not agree with this. Wow, what a weird thing to say out loud. But you're not being mean. You're not being malicious. You're not like disrespectful. You're just expressing how exactly you felt. And I think going to Cami's account and just collecting these boundary phrases for this holiday season and just in general is going to be oh so useful. And I know I am taking notes as I'm watching Cami's account myself. So question number four is how many times are you willing to restate your boundaries? 
The answer to this question will probably relate to the previous two questions, which is like, how important is this person to you and how important is this particular topic? I generally give people like the three strikes rule, meaning I tell them what I would like them to stop doing three times before taking more extreme approaches like minimizing contact, coming over less. And this is just what's worked for me personally. Your threshold may be lower or higher, again, depending on the person, depending on the topic. Truthfully, you don't owe anyone even just one strike. And I think this is like the big caveat to this entire podcast episode is that it is so important for us to recognize abusive behavior. And if somebody is being abusive, you don't owe them anything. We get to be a little bit more educated and empowered in regards to noticing what is actually abusive behavior. And if somebody is exhibiting those tendencies like manipulation or narcissism, run fast the other direction. Don't even say anything because there are a small percentage of the population that are legitimately mentally ill and they will not be able to receive your boundary because they literally have a demon in their head that will not let them feel any sort of regard or empathy for other people. And if this is the person that you're interacting with, if this is the person in your family, or you're just picking up straight up red flags from somebody in general, then again, you don't owe them an explanation. You don't owe them three strikes or two or even one. You can just draw that boundary and back away. Protect your peace above all else. The fifth question, now that we got that heaviness out of the way, the fifth question I want you to ask yourself before we move on to my five-step process for setting boundaries, if you were to put yourself in their shoes, this goes back to what I said at the beginning, if you were to put yourself in their shoes, what have they experienced that is causing them to act this way? For example, the women in my family tend to comment on weight or weight loss, or weight gain, or how other women look, right? And I know that this is so big in my culture. So again, not an excuse, just an explanation that can lead to greater compassion and less personal frustration. Because when you put yourself in somebody else's shoes and you see that there are all sorts of forces and they also might be the victim of a lot of these messed up things going on in the world, then you just have a little bit of more understanding. You're maybe not as triggered by the commentary. You're just like, okay, this sucks. It's totally up to you if you want to bring it up or not. Are you in the right mindset to say something, to educate them, to try to change things? Do you have that kind of emotional capacity to deal with it? Or again, is this just something that is shitty and weird and maybe it requires gentler baby steps because you know that this person is not going to change overnight, at least not with this Thing that's been ingrained into them for generations. So this is just a question format to ask yourself what we talked about at the beginning, which is if you were to put yourself in their shoes, what have they experienced that is causing them to act that way? They might even be the victim and victims also project their own insecurities. So if somebody is a victim of body image struggles, of beauty standards, of sexism, of the patriarchy telling us that we're not good enough unless we look this one certain perfect way, 
then of course your aunt is going to project that onto you. And that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with her and her relationship with her body. So that is just one example. I don't know about you, but when I listen to myself, I'm like, okay, it's like a lot easier for me to extend compassion to the women in my life because I I feel like I relate to them. But when it comes to men, weird uncles, grandpas, saying stupid shit, it just boils my blood. And I have yet to figure out how to apply this question to them, although I am working on it. I really do think that as I grow as a person, I will come to more acceptance with certain things that were said and done to me. But for now, I'm going to resort to what I personally have the emotional capacity for, which is, wow, what a weird thing to say out loud. That's just where I'm at right now. I wish I had a better or more eloquent solution for dealing with all the sexist and just ignorance that will be coming out of certain family members' mouths. One day I will make total peace with what was said and done to me, but today is not that day. And for now, I hope that you can also extend this grace to yourself that with certain people, with certain topics, with certain things that hit way too close to home, you just got to be like, this is where I'm at. I'm angry and that's healthy because anger is also how we change things. So know that even if you listen to this podcast episode and you have this whole plan and a script and you're like, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm at peace with myself and nothing anybody can say is going to set me off. And then again, you get back under your family's roof and you become that teenager, that scared child, the ignored child, the one who wasn't respected or valued or appreciated and things just start triggering you left, right, and center, it is okay for those emotions to come up. And I hope you give yourself the time, space, and grace to feel those two without feeding into people's toxicity. So now let's talk about this five-step process for setting appropriate boundaries. I have explained this in a separate podcast episode, although it was years ago, which feels so weird to say that we've been doing this podcast for literally three years. I don't remember the episode number right now, but the title is called How to Set Boundaries with Diet Culture. So if you're dealing specifically with family members that are commenting on food, weight, body stuff, which comes up a lot around the holiday season, I highly recommend you go back to that episode. I'll put it in the description or you can just search how to set boundaries with diet culture, Mary's cup of tea, and it should come right up. But let's recap that five-step process and make it a little bit more updated and applicable to right now. So step number one is asking for permission. Any type of communication that I will ever do will always start with a question. Y'all know I'm obsessed with questions, hence why I have a whole book slash journal that's filled with 100 journaling prompts for you to ask yourself questions. But asking other people questions is also just a wonderful communication technique. It creates closeness. It also is just very like respectful and connecting, and it just has a dose of all the good relationship techniques. So asking for permission means just setting the stage for the conversation you're going to have. All you do is like, hey, 
can I talk to you for a quick second? Hey, mom, can I share something that's been on my mind lately? Hey, would you be okay if I gave you some feedback on this thing you said? That kind of stuff. So when you ask for permission, here's what it does psychologically. You are engaging that person. Your brain instantly perks up when you hear a question. Again, hence the journal. It just fires on certain neurons in your brain that make you primed to solutions and solving problems. And again, instantly connect you to the person asking the question. So as soon as you get a yes from them, and chances are you will, because what person would be like, no, you can't say anything to me. If that's that person, then please go back to the other stuff we talked about and just stop engaging with them. Chances are your mom's going to be like, yeah, sure, honey, what's up? Right. And when you get that yes, again, psychologically, it makes them on the same page as you. This is like a Jedi mind trick. As soon as somebody says, yes, you can ask me a question, they're more likely to say yes to that thing that you're going to be asking. It's truly quite magical. Step number two is communicating how you feel. Now, I know for some people, this can be really, really difficult. And then for other people, this can come really naturally. For me, I tend to like over-communicate and over-explain myself. So my biggest practice is trying to find that one word that succinctly explains how I'm feeling and just saying that and taking a breath after. If you're struggling with communicating your feelings and emotions, you might be interested in looking up what's called a feelings wheel. A feelings wheel will give you creative adjectives for describing what's on your mind. And remember, you only need one word to effectively communicate to another person. You just say, I feel hurt when you say this. I feel activated or nervous or just strange. I feel disappointed, let down, and you just communicate that. Remember that I feel like, like, you know, I feel like you have so many body insecurities and you're projecting them onto me. That's not a feeling. That is an opinion. Whenever you say I feel like, it's an opinion. It's not a feeling. There will be no word like when you are actually communicating your feelings. So communicate how you feel. I feel hurt when you comment on how much I'm eating. And then step number three is follow that with a request. Do you think that you can refrain from commenting on what I'm eating? And if you want to, you can explain a little bit. Be like, I'm on a eating disorder recovery journey or I'm really working on nourishing my body this is something that I need to deal with personally, and it would help if you did not intervene with your opinion. Can you do that for me? And that's step number four, a very direct yes or no question. Can you do that? Do you think you would be able to do that? Can I trust that you'll respect this? A direct yes or no question, and again, you gotta make them answer it. Now, <laughs> most people will not say flat out no, they might bitch and moan. They might be like, oh, you're so dramatic. Here we go again. And then you just repeat it. Hey, mom, I asked you, do you think this is something you could do? Oh, okay, fine. I'll do it for you. And although that's not the best response in the world, and you are welcome to follow it up with like, mom, I'm serious. I really need you to do this for me. It would help me a lot. Can you do that? Hopefully by then they'll say yes. 
Or again, you can go back to some of the other things that we talked about and realize that some responses will just have to be good enough because you can't control how other people respond. You can't control what they think or say or feel about you. You can only control how you approach the situation, how you express yourself, how kind and respectful and also direct and deliberate you are with your boundary. And whatever they do, however they handle it, that is on them. That weight is lifted off of your chest and your job here is done. So this is very important to remember, especially when sometimes you're setting boundaries. And if you're dealing with a toxic family member, then there's a good chance they might turn it around on you and they might try to make you feel guilty and they might paint this awful picture of you like you just asked for the most outrageous thing in the whole wide world and you have to make peace with that in advance. That's what's so powerful about setting boundaries is that you're really doing it for yourself, for strengthening that self-worth muscle, for practicing speaking up, not because you need it to go perfectly and you need them to respond in this one type of way and if they don't, then you're just going to wallow in self-pity. No, we are not doing that. This is where emotional regulation and emotional intelligence comes in and we get to practice it with the people that it's the hardest to practice with, our family members, and we let, however it goes, be okay, be enough, your job is done, you said what needed to be said, you stuck up for yourself, at least they know a new piece of you that maybe you haven't communicated before, And that's that. You get to move on. Step number five as you're moving on is holding them accountable. Know that you will need to remind people of your boundaries. People do not change overnight. People do not read your mind at all times and know exactly how something is going to affect you and they might slip up. And sometimes the most well-intentioned people will slip up the most, but it matters if they're trying and you have to notice that. If they're not trying, again, different story, three strikes and you're out or however many strikes you're giving them depending on your boundary. But it is important to kindly remind people about what you talked about with them, right? And go back to that question of how important is this person to you? How many times are you willing to remind them before employing some sort of consequence? Like, I'm not going to talk to you as much. I'm not engaging with this type of conversation. I'm just going to very bluntly turn around and walk away. I'm not even going to come over. Unfortunately, sometimes it does get to that point. And if that's your situation, I'm so sorry. That is so freaking rough. Been there, done that for years on end. And Some relationships, it feels like they're unmendable. It feels like they're just a goner and absolutely impossible to mend. And sometimes it just needs time, distance, and both parties to soften a little bit. I've had personal experiences where this has taken years and years. And in the end, it was worth it. It happened for a reason. Everybody grew from it. And there are some wounds that will probably never fully heal and some things I'll always have to grapple with. And little by little, I try to release that resentment because I know that it's only hurting me. Some things we just have to accept for what they are. I hope this podcast episode will help you deal with difficult family members, especially this holiday season and in general. Remember, 
ask yourself five questions, set boundaries in that five-step process, asking for permission, communicating how you feel, make your request, ask them if they can do that, get a verbal yes, and then hold them accountable. It might help if you write out a script or you talk through certain scenarios and exactly what you're going to say in response. For example, wow, what a weird thing to say. There are so many other approaches and responses that you could probably come up with. And if you come up with them in advance, then you'll have them at your disposal and you're much more likely to use them at the dinner table. I hope you have a wonderful, or at the very least, not so bad holiday season. Please enjoy all the food, eat the sweets, and remember that you are loved, even if some people have a weird way of showing it. The only thing you can control is how you show yourself love, which I hope you do a lot of this holiday season. One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow and as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.